Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Womanhood and International Relations podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Bonilla, and today we are going to be addressing the topic Women Leaders and the World Post-COVID-19. I hope that you're doing fine in spite of the circumstances. These past few days have been spiraled with many emotions due to the United, Na United States elections, presidential elections, and many other issues that have been um, not addressed by mainstream media and conflicts that continue to take place all around the world. It seems like the world is not a safer place in spite of having, you know, less activity, less economic activity and different lockdown measures um, in Europe, in Latin America, and as well as other parts of the world. And this is a whole conversation on whether security and safety are the same thing at the international as well as domestic level, but I'm not going to dig deeper into that. I think that with the previous episode, I invite you to check it out where we interviewed the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project and Dr. Rudabe Kishi addressed how international security um, does not necessarily mean that the world is safer and we have been addressing this also in previous episodes with um, the interview with Rebecca Kirby the founder of the Peak Institute also with Kimberly Lowe the conflict and resolution expert and many others um, experts and, and conversations that we have engaged in and Last November 5th, I launched a webinar in Spanish called Mujeres Líderes y el Mundo Post-COVID-19 because I wanted to make a call to action. And I found that date incredibly um, inspiring and very remarkable because not only due to the Guy Fawkes um, uh, celebration or anniversary in the United Kingdom, not only because of you know the heavy charge meaning of November 5th and the V for Vendetta movie, but also because of all that spiral after all these episodes. And, you know, amidst this um, tribulation that we are facing where we still don't know officially what's happening with the United States presidential elections, I found that was, you know, steering away the conversation on the status of the world. And... I wanted to engage in a conversation with you that day with our community here in Mexico and Latin America on leadership and why this pandemic has shown not only the great fracture at the United Nations at the international system, but also the great fracture among leaders and what is a typical leader and why is it that we continue this veneration of the figures instead of the meaning behind them. And it's very much a before vendetta theme that I keep coming back to. And probably that will be the topic in this conversation for today. So in our webinar, we addressed um, three main topics. The first one was the status of leadership itself. I think that we are in a groundbreaking moment where all the previous lineups from the great man theory to 
the feminine leadership that we see in international politics are shifting and there are new paradigms and what we once celebrated you know in terms of you know the heroic nature of great leaders great world leaders i mean we can quote mahatma gandhi we can quote winston churchill we can quote de Goye, like very male figures down to female world leaders figures such as margaret thatcher jacinda ardern right now um angela merkel and Benazir Bhutto, Ellen Johnson, Sir Liaf, like many other female world leaders I follow that were making the transitioning from an hegemonic masculinity leadership to a feminine leadership theory are seeing now with this pandemic a shift. And I think that is very, very incredibly important because one of the most non-addressed issues of this pandemic is not that why women leaders are better at handling COVID-19 response, but why is it that men aren't? I mean, in the praise that we are placing on women for doing an amazing job and how feminine qualities are making them better at their job in terms of health issues and global health pandemic we are still not addressing the elephant on the room, which is why male leaders aren't. And we address in this webinar something that I find uh, very upsetting, which is where are the female world leaders in the central of, uh, in the center, in the center stage? They, they, they are basically absent in the G20, we can find Angela Merkel, German, uh, German's chancellor, as the, main, the female leader there in the G20. And that is troublesome because I watched this link. I'm going to send it to you on the description box from the Council of Foreign Relations. And they did this um, mapping of the current female heads of state of government because the UN women website features the, the 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 number but doesn't say where are they and that report is from january 2020 and they released this um list i mean the most current one from september 28th 2020 and they featured up to 21 female heads of set of of government currently and we are seeing in Bolivia, I mean, this has changed due to the current um, pre uh, presidential elections, so that, that has changed. Um, but they had Bolivia, they have Bangladesh, Barbados, Belgium, Denmark, Estonia, Ethiopia, Finland, Gabon, Georgia, Germany, Greece, Iceland, Nepal, New Zealand, Norway, Serbia, Singapore, Slovakia, Switzerland, Togo, and Trinidad and Tobago. None of them are countries part of the UN Security Council. None of them are considered countries, you know, like superpower countries. And I'm not saying that women need to lead superpowers. I'm not saying that. It's just where are women leaders currently and whether or not 
in international politics holding a power position, do they have a saying if they are not from the top G7, G20, UN Security Council club boys, boys clubs? That's the first um, division that we were discussing in this webinar. The second division was in terms of the Agenda 2030. And we were discussing the status of the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. I will list a link below with the June 2020 report from the United Nations saying how in every area of the 17 SDGs, we are falling behind for like two, three decades. And that was June. We are not considering the recent news reports from October 2020, where the United Nations, as well as September with the General Assembly, where was, you know, saying that we, we may be very, very behind in terms of uh, food security, in terms of elimination of poverty, in terms of gender equality, even the climate justice movement and climate Paris Accord, we are still falling behind. And I will also list in the description box um, a report released by the World Economic Forum on July 2020 on nature positive economies. And this was, you know, the conversation, the ongoing conversation after the Great Reset that they announced on May, last May. And all the criticism that followed that, you know, the World Economic Forum was kind of trying to greenwash capitalism. And then on July, they released this report talking about, no, we need to place, you know, the Mother Earth on the center of any economy for it to be sustainable moving forward. But there are many underlying issues about that, which leads us to the third division of the webinar, which was where are where is the power being concentrated right now with the great fracture of the united nations i invite you to check the last episode that we uh, recorded on that on this podcast um there there was this notion and there are many and a growing number of analysts and i do believe that that's also happening of course through my point of view, and I invite you to check your own point of view, um, that we are on the verge of seeing polycentric spheres of power. And this is unprecedented in modern times of international relations. What we have been accustomed to is having, you know, unipolar, bipolar, as well as multilateral or multipolar world. We have not been at these moment in time, you know, we are thinking, you know, 20th century to the 21st century, we have not been seeing this scenario where there are multiple spheres of power and multiple spheres of power in the same realm. Like you can have multiple, multiple spheres of power in the economics realm from what the World Economic Forum is trying to achieve through what the banks and other institutions are trying to do on their own part to what cooperatives and local and domestic um, policies and um, other you know organisms or organizations are trying to do on their part. So you start to see a whole different level playing field, you know, and 
this should not be a surprise because we have seen it with the new war concept but that was connected to the armed conflicts right that we are seeing and the rising social social tensions but can we see that concept in every area of lives economics environment politics who's talking to who and who's leading to what and who's leading who you know like these are the questions that is the answer is going to become more and more blurry moving forward. And I wanted to record this episode talking about the webinar, but this weekend has been incredibly hard for me. You know, we have been preparing for the release of the documentary map, the Ser Mujer en Latin America map, and I just had to sit down six hours in a meeting you know, trying to finish the different um, statistics and reading once again 700 testimonials. And it was incredibly draining and emotionally hard. And I started wondering whether there was something that we are not seeing yet. And I've been addressing this in this podcast for quite some time. You you may have heard of me talking about, you know, how women need to be more connected to earth because it's not about repra- replacing an androcentric with a gynocentric kind of world. It's about, you know, like when we rise to power, what kind of power are we rising to and whether or not women are feeling powerful on their own regardless of a political position or political participation or economic empowerment, you know, like whether there's like a deep-rooted sense of power being connected to the ground, being connected to to, to the country and, and, and the place that we are living in. I will record, I'm preparing this episode on women and earth relations and I look forward for you to send me your comments about that specifically but I was wondering about that this weekend because the the whole conversation on the, the United States uh, presidential elections kind of eclipsed everything, right? Um, I mean, in mainstream media once again and I started you know, learning from other uh, points of view, specifically in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, there was, you know, this conversation that this is a spiritual war between the darkness and the light and all this, um, you know, some record to the Bible, some record to, you know, like energetics and the underworld and the middle earth and the higher ground and all these different layers of three-dimensional worlds and how we are opening with this pandemic the doors to receive the five dimension by December 21st and you may be thinking like Natalia what the (laughs) what does this has to do with women leaders in the post-covid world it has to do a lot um because this weekend I found that most of politics and international politics and the way that we perceive politics is a very superficial kind of level and 
most of the hate with the U.S. elections, presidential elections, most of the hate is against Trump as a figurehead, not as the what, what he's doing with his administration and how solid his administration is, 7 million voting strong. But beyond whether or not his administration is controversial or not, which Obama's administration was also controversial or not, his own image is so polarizing. And why has it been so polarizing? Because there's the left media and the liberal media and the mainstream media that have the resources and have the power to engage in this agenda to tarnish his image. And that has been ingraining on us, on our subconscious and conscious level, you know, this demonization of his figure, regardless of whether or not he deserves it or not. There's this ongoing agenda since 2016. We are not talking like this is happening now. This happened before the 2016 presidential elections between Trump and Hillary Clinton. And I got reminded in these um, conversations, the before Vendetta theme, which is what is the meaning behind a figure? What is the meaning that we give to circumstances, to events, to people, to icons, to leaders? I got reminded that for many people, Biden or Joe Biden, I think that's how you say in English, Joe Biden, um, is every is is representing the establishment and is representing all that in 2016 many people were against of. They were not against the Obama administration in itself. They were just against politics as this dark establishment, like the DC kind of way of engaging into politics. And that's why Trump represented a, a, a breakthrough. And people were just fed up of all this corruption, of all these politicians trying to tell them what to do, and all these hidden agendas. And then suddenly, Trump is presenting an answer, you know, coming from you know, the business world and economics, etc. And also, you know, all the other tricks that he represented. And he brought the worst of America. And he also brought some good things. Like, nothing is good or bad. It just is, you know. There's a different um, series of grace. It's, you know, like, even the Obama administration, that a lot of people think, like, those are, like, better times they also had you know questionable things in terms of how they handled the Muslim world and all the different um, instabilities and and controversial um, events that they engaged in in Yemen in Syria in Libya like there were many things with the Obama administration that we can also look down upon but I don't I don't think Sometimes when we are in the midst of the storm, we can see past the goodness of 
previous times. It's like the past was always better, you know? And there's this saying that the past is always better because, you know, we can see it with nostalgia. We can, you know, like, oh, we can go back in time. And because the future is uncertain and the present is, you know, filled with problems and with, you know, things to deal with now, sometimes we tend to think that the past was better or the grass is greener on the other side, which is another saying. Anyway, and returning to the V for Vendetta theme, what is the meaning behind leaders and what is Joe Biden representing? He's representing the establishment. And there was this reading that I found very, very um, enlightening in terms of how Trump was supposed to continue because he's meant to burn everything down. And for many people, that's bad, you know? And we can think, you know, of course, that's could be considered bad but in order for new things to arise previous things need to be destroyed or, or maybe not destroyed but you know if we go into the energetic realm things need to to die in order to be transformed and not, the energy doesn't get lost it just you know you just transform it and how much resistance is there for things to burn down at all because we like the comfort zone and i was taken aback because on saturday when you know the the elections were called out when i was you know working on on the documentary i was asking myself how how can i receive this and should i celebrate should i not celebrate you know like there were many conflicted emotions and I felt the need to just breathe. I was like, okay, so Trump is not going to be there. Okay, now I can finally breathe. That's how I was feeling, like a relief. But, but I didn't go deeper into that. I just felt like breathing from his figure, not from what he was doing. And... That night, you know, watching all these and learning about different other views of what's happening and how even in the spiritual realm, like, he he serves a purpose. And we are, um, through fraud, which I see that that's possible, that there has been fraud, but because we are so tired of his figure due to how mainstream media has been feeding this image of him we don't see past that I don't think everybody cannot see I am I'm talking about myself I, I don't know about you I don't know if you're feeling the same or you're seeing other things and please feel welcome to share it on social media but tied to women leaders and the word post-COVID. We are still in this pattern of idealizing women who rise into power positions. 
not necessarily because of their plan or their views for the country or the vision for the world, but rather because they're women and they are sitting on these male-dominated spaces. Yes, they are sitting there, but they are not necessarily in the decision-making table of many of the blocks and organizations and regional blocks and, and regional spheres of power where they are meant to make a difference. I was reading on foreign affairs. I will list all these links below, but I was reading on foreign affairs this article on the BRICS importance in the, the post-COVID world and how that would be its own um, poly, polycentric sphere of power. And, you know, you have Brazil, you have Russia, you have China, you have India, and you have South Africa. None of them are ruled by women. And these are huge economies. They are not. The UN Security Council is not ruled by women. They're not women sitting on that table. The G7. Yes. The G20. Only one. Germany. And Merkel is not about to be re-elected. She, she's dropping from the race. And I wonder what's the meaning behind that? What's the meaning of leading at the international level? Or being, you know, praised? Which in itself it is a statement. I'm not saying it is not. In itself, reaching these power positions, it is recognizable it is to be praised like that's good you know like women are being represented at these levels but at this moment in time where we are facing so many issues worldwide global health issues economic downturns unprecedented levels of uncertainty and social tensions and you know, we are seeing probably the taking place of, you know, different economic plans to erase debt and to create a new monetary system and a new way of, you know, controlling and surveillance and all these different scenarios that are being put in place to continue the previous model, but in a different kind of way. Where are the women? And where are they making the decisions or being heard enough to be considered as part of the solutions, as part of the decisions? And I felt very concerned because in this webinar, one of the reasons that I wanted to launch it was, you know, to make this call to action to the women that were joining. I mean, our community is comprised of female entrepreneurs, female researchers, female students at the international relations uh, realm, as well as social entrepreneurship. And, you know, women that are very committed to social causes, to ending gender violence, to end their 
gender inequality and social inequalities. However, where are our voices being heard at this moment in time and how can we lead and who are we leading moving forward in this post-COVID world? And I launched these several questions and we created this roadmap of questions on leadership to see beyond the figure, to see beyond the establishment and to see beyond the institutions because there's this cult on institutions and not enough conversation of the meaning behind figures and what they represent and how they portray themselves consciously and unconsciously and whether we are resisting change whether we are more prone in these cultures of violence to demonize the other because it's breaking things down and we don't want to break things down. It's like, why? Everything was working fine and then suddenly <laughs> you want to break everything down, which we can, you know, see it at the internationals, whereas the personal level, how are we relating to change? Are we opening ourselves to change to embrace change or do we fear change of the status quo like things were not working before this pandemic and somehow we just kept on going and now this pandemic has created these levels of uncertainty and we don't like to live in uncertainty which is part of the human psychology like how humans behave they need routines they need to know what to expect on if they don't then everything's you know chaos and they lose track, they lose north, and they are easily praise of the fear systems. And there's this book that I invite you to read, which is The Monarchy of Fear, created by um, Martha Nussbaum. And I think that book opened many of my hidden Pandora's boxes because it's like how fear is used as a tactic by governments, by elites, by economic powers to keep us submitted, to keep us oppressed. And I don't know, moving forward, all the challenges that we as women, as leaders, as female world leaders will face moving forward, I think they will be paramount to what we have faced before. When you see all the levels of, you know, like the retrocession of or, or the stepping back of, you know, human rights, how they're coarting our freedom of expression, our freedom of speech, and even how mainstream media, and we talk about this in our previous episode with uh, Dr. Kishi, like, you know, is not saying that the other things are lies is that by not saying all the truth and having their own agenda which is okay because you know they have a public they have an audience they are reframing issues according to what they want to share about the world and i don't think that we are very conscious about the power of words the power of our conversations and even this episode right now I'm I, I'm I'm very conscious of what I'm sharing with you and I know that it may 
some of the things that I say may not sound with you and I, and that's okay, you know, but I needed to create an episode where we start the conversation on what are the stories that we are telling ourselves? What is the stories and the imagine the imaginaries in the imaginaries that we are and the perspectives through which we are seeing the world? Because that's also part of the beauty of the feminist theory applied to YR. And that's why I'm recording this episode. When I found the feminist theory in IR, I started questioning everything. You know, for for good or for bad, because a lot of people are like, Natalia, okay, you're questioning everything, but you're not giving fixed responses. And I think finding the fixed responses is a journey, is not being correct or being wrong at this time. I think that the precious moment in time right now is one of transitioning transitioning from this world of fixed ideas to this world of endless possibilities and it may sound like very esoteric to be talking about this you know like Natalia is talking about you know the change of the Pisces era to the Aquarius era but you know newsflash I'm Aquarius <laughs> so just in case you're wondering Natalia is very futuristic yes because I'm Aquarius and I love this um, but it's so interesting and I wanted to share this um, with you because in the transitioning period we are asked and we are called to make questions not really to find a fixed answer to move forward it's like be uncomfortable with making questions to everything that you receive and I invite you to engage in workshops of media liter literacy I have a free webinar my youtube channel on media literacy 101 specifically connected to the COVID-19 pandemic i will also be um giving a, a free conference for the museo de tolerancia de memoria y tolerancia or the museum of memory and tolerance here in mexico it's going to be a virtual conference free tickets are available it's going to be on um, november 28th at 5 p.m uh, mexico city time we are going to be talking about how the conflict journalism, conflict reporting has framed the COVID-19 pandemic and how moving or transitioning to a peace journalism lenses to cover this pandemic will change the way that we approach this period. And that's going to be amazing. I invite you to join. Free tickets are available. I will list all the tickets below, the link below in the description box. And yeah, I think this is a good way to finish. Women leaders and the world post-COVID. What are we leading? Who is leading and for what is leading? What is the meaning behind these leaders? What is the meaning that we as people from other countries, as researchers, as journalists, we are giving to other world leaders or, or female leaders in other parts of the world? What is the heavy meaning behind a picture? You know, I will list uh, an article that um, I think is, was published by the New York Times or the Washington Post, but it was about Greta Thunberg, and she was basically demanding there was a shift in 
news media coverage because she she said why are why why is still media paying so much attention to what I do and what I said it is by continuing this conversation on the people that we forget to address the problem and she was saying this is like don't keep on focusing on influencers talking about climate change actually make reports on the causes of climate change climate justice and you know how to solve these issues that's the main thing that you need to pay attention to it's not about who says what and why they say it and how they're living their lives and what are their self-care habits and what is their work balance work-life balance like no just focus on the issues they are not they are being used as tokens and as distractions to feed off an agenda I look forward to your comments on Instagram. Follow us at womenhood underscore IR. And please feel free to share with us your links, your recommended, recommended readings, and any interviews that you want us to look at in terms of this topic on women leadership moving forward in the post-COVID-19 world, which is still being deconstructed and created and I think that's a bliss that's the beauty of it I invite you to check out the V4 Vendetta movie and also the Matrix trilogy because I saw it also on the weekend and it really blew my mind it was like now I can see more clearly like I think those are like the type of movies that you have to see every once in a while to get new ideas and to understand things better so invite you to check them out and also remember if you want to support us more you can join us on patreon on our community on patreon for more interviews for more videos and to keep up the work that we are doing in this podcast once again thank you so much for tuning in and talk to you soon